Today's episode of the Business and Games podcast is brought to you by a very own sound engineer, Rowie AU. You can find him on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and anywhere else at Rowie underscore AU. Make sure you use him as we do for all of your audio engineering needs. Welcome to episode 002 of the Business in Games podcast, also known as the Big Podcast. I'm your host, Chris May Smith. This podcast aims to cover multiple facets of gaming, focusing on the business aspect. I've been using my years in the technology and gaming industries to bring you some of the brightest minds in technology and gaming, teaching you how they approach their platforms, maximize their growth, establish their brands, and plan to execute their business. The big podcast aims to cover multiple areas of gaming, focusing on the business aspect and how you can get involved yourself. So this is episode 002, 001. We had a chat to the man himself, Brian B, aka Tech City, very tech-oriented channel. But today we have something completely different. We have the meme man himself, Mr. My Name Jeff. Anything for views, mate? How are you today, Chad? Uh, you know, I'm feeling all right. I had a good night's sleep. I got my water. I've had my coffee. I'm, fe- I'm feeling good, man. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it's about. Uh, I mean, I'm in Melbourne. It's about four o'clock. You're over in WA. It's what, like one thirty? Is this usually the time that you wake up? Like, did you have to wake up extra early for this? Or well, I, I, you know, the message last night, I checked it when I was like, when it was like two a.m. and I was really tired, and I was like to myself, "Fuck, I gotta go." I don't know how I got the idea in my head that I had to be up at ten thirty. <laughs> so I set an alarm for ten thirty. Fell asleep about three. And my alarm goes off. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm going to see if I can delay this thing by an hour. I'm gonna, let's, let's see if we can delay it. I'm going to just tell them I need to throw up or some gay shit like that. Um, and then I work out I need to be here at one. So, I mean, I could have slept until now. Yeah. Mate, what a hard life, huh? And I, I, I introduced you as like the meme man himself. Can you give us a quick synopsis of the tattoos you have on your body real quick? Uh, I've got um, a PewDiePie one. That was the first one to start off in the word meme. Um, that was just kind of like a, a bet between friends and I ended up doing it. We got it on camera, made, made a nice video. Um, and then I've got two other mates tattooed on there. I've got um, my friend Ian, uh, which is iDubs TV. And then I've got uh, Filthy Frank, which is my friend George tattooed on my ass as well. And I've got another one, but we're, we're not showcasing that just yet. Shit, dude. Something coming up, I guess. Another YouTube video? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a YouTube video, but it was definitely a fucking good night. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. I definitely want to hear that story. So, you know, and once again, like I said, I introduced you as, as kind of living me, man. If, if you were to tell someone, say, say you met someone down at the pub, right, and someone has no idea what you do um, in the scene, you know, no idea what you do on YouTube and Twitch, etc. Could you explain to somebody what you do in a, in a kind of maybe PG way or, or at least an MA 15 uh, plus way, what you do in two sentences? You, I don't know if I can put it in two sentences, but uh, usually when I, when I run to someone down the pub when I'm doing like an IRL stream or something like that, and it's really hard explaining it to, um, to people on the street because Twitch and YouTube is such a new concept to an older generation, which is you know most, what most people in their 30s or 40s will I'll, I'll say that's the older demographic they're like what the what's what's youtube what's twitch and when yeah, i explain yeah. it to them i'm just like oh yeah we do like jackass comedy skits on on the internet and they're like oh you get paid for that i'm like yeah we get a bit of money <laughs> mate jackass comedy skits is probably the best way i could think of describing it i didn't even think of it that way well i've been lit on fire i've been tattooed i've been hit uh, i've been covered in shit so i think that's the best way to describe it 
Jeez, man. Yeah, that's that works well. Kind of a living meme, man, that, that uh, does jackass stunts on YouTube. <sighs> makes sense. So yeah, we chatted a bit off air uh, before, um, and you were saying that you've probably had about three, I guess you could say, serious years in the gig right now. Um, what what were you doing before this? Were you studying? Were you doing like a professional proper kind of job or were you just kicking it back and decided to delve into this? Um, out of year 11 in school, I went into a, an apprenticeship, a painting apprenticeship, um, and I finished that. Uh, after finishing that, I had a lot of money saved up, so I thought I'd, uh, you know, fly over to Perth um, to meet my friend Max, who's a very successful YouTuber. Um, I met Max just through uh, games online, basically. Um, and from there, I just, I can't, I don't know. I kind of just, just fell into the gig. Um, I, I studied for a few years as well. Um, recently just uh, stopped doing that to take on, you know, making YouTube videos and streaming full time since I could, it, it pays the bills. So I'm happy doing it and just relaxing for now. Yeah, right. And, and you know, you did say it pays the bills. And this is a question that I ask most of the people that, that I'll be having on the big podcast and um, you, you chatted about Twitch RL streams versus YouTube and, and things like that. Do you define yourself as a Twitch streamer or a YouTube streamer or, or sorry, like a YouTube content creator? Do you think there's a main difference or do you think that someone who does things like you or even does the old meme of, you know, Minecraft Let's Plays, do you think that doing both Twitch and YouTube is, is really needed these days to make a proper living? Um, honestly, I, I'd like to consider myself more of a Twitch streamer. I definitely have uh, created that for myself. Uh, as far as like my following and all the YouTube stuff goes, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a content creator because, uh, all the videos that I've appeared in, I've just, I've just appeared in just for comedic stance to, and to have fun with friends. And I definitely owe it to them, uh, for the, I guess, following that I have now. Um, Maybe if I wanted to make Mad Bank, I could upload on YouTube every week. But I just, I, I don't have a very strong passion like they do for YouTube. I really enjoy Twitch. But YouTube does pay better, I will say that. Yeah, that's quite interesting. And, and I find that personally talking to most different people, they prefer to not necessarily think of it in a money sense, but think of it in just what they enjoy. Because I guess like you prefer doing IRL streams, right? So you prefer, you know, you came to RF land with me as well you know chatted to some kids who are starstruck to see you and is it because you prefer the live aspect of chatting to people rather than doing the you know what's up guys scars here just in front of the camera and not actually chatting to anyone and, and maybe tweeting every now and then you prefer to have that real you know interaction like when you went off to the u.s and and getting in people's faces and doing some funny stuff um i really like to think that i'm not shy uh, outside of the, the camera, a lot of YouTubers are quite shy and closed in and uh, don't enjoy going out in public, I guess. I don't know how to exactly put it. I, I mean, like, in the sense they don't like being confronted uh, by, by too many people about it, but I'm, I'm not too shy. I like going to these uh, RF lands and, you know, RTX and packs like that. Mm. And I, do, I do, do enjoy it when people come up to me and they go, hey, I've seen you on this, seeing this, but it really feels good when people go up, hey, I, I watch your Twitch show. I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> That's good, yeah. And, and for those people who don't know what RF Land is, it's the Australia's biggest land party that I go to quite often for work. And I asked Chad to come along to one, and there was a group of five CS:GO players all in in year eleven or uh, year twelve playing with their school team there. And uh, their teacher was there as well, who runs tournaments for them. And they went up, and they were like, "That's that's anything for views." 
Are we allowed to go no, talk to him? <laughs> the, guy, the guy had no idea who you were. Like, you know, he does gaming and esports, but he has no idea about that kind of scene. He was like, sure, why? Why the, you're in a land. Why the hell are you not going to go talk to him? And they come up the, to you. The, like, the teacher comes up to me to check first. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, they can come talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it happens. I, I, I love it when people are really, uh, really shy. They're like, they're, they're too afraid to come up and confront me. And I've had situations and I'm like, if I see it, I know a lot of people might just like ignore it. But for me, I like, I'll call them out. So um, the other day I was sitting in the city doing an IRL stream and um, these two kids walk past and they're looking at me and they're, 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 they knew, like, I was like, yeah, I know, they know, they know. So they, they, they were too scared to come up to me. So I yelled across the, um, across the, uh, well, if I can, I don't know, we were outside, but I just yelled out to them. I'm like, yo, come over and sit next to me. <laughs> don't be shy. I don't bite. Mate. Those, those are touching on those IRL streams as well. That seems to be something that maybe, are you trying to define yourself as, as one of the Twitch IRL streamers at the moment? Cause you don't see many people doing that. Right. And, and to expand on that, for those people who don't know, you went to the US recently with a bunch of YouTubers. You did a collab video with Sia, the guy with the sexiest voice on the internet, quite quite, quite possibly. And oh. you did a few other videos and Twitter videos with some, some different Minecraft people and stuff like that. So do you think that you're trying to create your own niche in this or are you just doing it just because you're an outgoing guy and you find it really fun? I just find it really fun, man. Um I got flown over to the US by another YouTuber named Sky Does Minecraft or Adam. He does. Uh, he has a fair few channels. He's got his own business and everything. Um, and there I met up with a few other YouTubers, uh, smaller YouTubers, and then I also went and hung out with Sear, Andy Milanakis, Keemstar, because I was in the US, man. I was just trying to catch up with this, uh, as many people as I possibly can. And you, you don't really see it behind the scenes, but, you know, I'm always messaging other content creators and, and chatting with them online and stuff like that just friendly conversations um so it's really good to uh to meet these people in uh, in person yeah and and one interesting thing to add to that too that i definitely wanted to get your weight on on this podcast is the difference between kind of arguing with someone for a meme or for a joke or or you know kind of i guess you could say staunching someone online but then actually respecting them as a person because i think you had a run-in with keemstar for a little bit online right and, and a lot of different content creators did as well but then in the end you guys caught up as as human beings and you know had some beers and now you're on a podcast together I think there's uh, people need to understand that there's a, there's a transition between uh, talking like banter online and then meeting someone in real life. And I, I do it to my friends, man. I do it to my real life friends on Twitter. Max does it to me all the time. He'll come out and say some like shit that could really be misinterpreted as, oh man, he's really mad at him. But at the same time, he'll tweet the, that while he's in the same room with me. Mm. Um, and when you meet someone in real life, that aggression doesn't really transition. And it, it's just about being adult really. And, um, yeah, when sure. I met when I met Keemstar in real life, we, we did bring up the conversation with like arguments we had on Twitter, but it was like a very short lived conversation. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a bit funny. It was all banter. Like, uh, I think we can agree on that. And in, in most situations, that stuff just evaporates once you've met them in person because you can't, you know, judge someone by how they talk and act on Twitter because if people were judging me by the way i act and talk on twitter i'd be a monster <laughs> yeah that's that's good that's got to be pretty true so speaking of keem and and we mentioned that joke of of uh, scarce before i dropped in there and you had a bit of a chuckle what it's do you scarce not scarce, scarce. so yeah, what, what do scarce. you think of of these um and you know even leafy what do you think of these uh i guess youtube commentators do you think that's a fad that's that's passing because that's something that i've seen a lot of people discussing recently 
Uh, I couldn't really. Uh, I don't know. That, that's not. Uh, yeah, it, it is a passing fad, but I don't think it'll ever disappear. It's more. It will just continue continue to change and evolve. Um, but as far as meeting them in real life, I mean, there's some questionable things that they say and do online where I'm like, is this guy serious or is he just doing it for the you know for the views? Mm-hmm. Same with me. And then I met. Uh, I'm just going to use Keem as an example. Keem is portrayed as like this this horrible person and i meet kim in real life and he's honestly one of the biggest sweethearts i've ever met um his his real personality is a lot different to how he portrays himself online Mm. and you know kind of touching on that touching on that point again do you do you find that the content that you create might hinder talking to some companies and, and dealing with some companies Oh, definitely, definitely. I've already had uh, run-ins with companies that um that uh, refused to uh, sponsor me and uh, promote the products that I, I like. I use uh, some of their products, but they won't promote me because I just don't cater to their PG demographic. Yeah, right. And do you find that? And and do you find that you know, say, taking the YouTube Twitch thing as a whole, do you find the monetization is is harder compared to compared to others so say if you were i used an example last week when i was chatting to brian from tech city that my girlfriend loves to watch beauty guru youtubers and they always seem to be promoted in you know regularly promoted come and watch this on youtube that kind of stuff you know like the thousand degree hot knife dude that everyone knows about and you know it's been getting promoted to some other people do you find it's harder for you and some of your mates who do similar stuff to grow an organic audience like do you really have to reach out and kind of create that shock factor of yelling at people in real life or throwing eggs at each other to get those to get those views um as far as like youtube promoting like promoting different channels goes it's a bit weird um i don't really know how the youtube algorithm works myself it's always all over the place but um you know uh, growing for smaller channels with the same sort of humor is a bit hard but because uh, the people that i've i do videos with have been doing it for so long they have a very dedicated fan base that's uh, that's slowly growing just by just people telling other people. Um, as far as, like, the hot knife and the makeup videos go, it just pops up into people's recommended because a lot of people watch that stuff. A lot of people watch makeup tutorials and toy unboxings and hot knife videos, regrettably, because I, I watched a heap of them. Thousand Degree Cold Knife. I did enjoy that video as well. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, do you think that it's that it's important to find a balance then between being a Twitch streamer and being a YouTuber because you said that that YouTube um, you know you can make some more bank on YouTube and and it's you know from my aspect of things it's easier for sponsors to latch onto YouTube because it's long lasting content that you can you know chuck in internal reports and and track views on it over the amount of time but so do you think it's it's uh it's good to kind of diversify your content across both of them because your your youtube channel is quite new right you said before that you've mainly just appeared in other videos just to help out mates or just for some fun but but now you've started creating just a little bit of content yourself with you know two or three videos now yeah um for people to transition between different platforms uh twitch and youtube it is very hard even if their following is very large i've seen a lot of youtubers with you know half a million subs that will only get like 200 or 100 viewers on twitch because then twitch and youtube are two completely different uh, communities um unless you know they upload a video onto their youtube channel that gets put into like hundreds of thousands of people notification box going hey come watch me on twitch um and that seems to be a pretty new thing right i i can't honestly can't think of any names off the top of my head but i got it 
I got a notification like that two days ago of a YouTuber with, you know, one million subs who uploaded a video that was, you know, three seconds long. Come watch me on Twitch. I'm live at the end of the video, mm. you know? Mm. Um, yeah, that's the only way you can really expand across both platforms is basically just shoving it in your viewer's face going, hey, come, come watch me. Uh, for me, I felt like I've grown my own audience on Twitch um, compared to YouTube. Sure, the, the Twitter followers helped. Um, but for for the most part, uh, expanding across both platforms isn't very easy. Yeah, and, and without delving too deep in it, do you find that the Twitch localized or even international support is is a factor for you putting effort into that as well? You know, because in Australia, we have a local Twitch guy. Um, and you've been in contact with, you know, a lot of the Twitch international guys. When we went to the US, you went and streamed from their office and things like that, and they're often quite more upfront about, you know, this is going to be monetized and this is what you can expect, whereas YouTube, you know, they've gone through that recent spree of demonetizing videos and things like that. So even though YouTube seems to have a big overall audience, do you find that the that the Twitch support is one thing that keeps you going there or does it just add a bit of extra flavor? I think it's the Twitch support that just keeps me going. I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a person behind Twitch that can always help me with uh, problems that I have with it. That that was the question, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just like Twitch as a whole, the community. Uh, I like interacting with people on Twitch because they're not brain dead most of the time. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and that brings me to something as well that, that you've been a little bit vocal about sometimes and, and some content you don't agree with. If there was, and this is a very generic question, but if there was one or a couple of things you change with a lot of Australian streamers, what would it be? Or say if someone, you know, like those kids who, who loved your content, and I see some people who tweet at you quite you know, quite often who are really wrapped up in only your style of content and also, you know, say some videos from, from iDubs and Max and, you know, they're really into that kind of scene and things. Mm. If you if you were to coach them and, and tell them a couple of things that they should just stay clear from if they were looking to do this kind of stuff, what would it be? What, Twitch streamers or YouTubers? Twitch streamers, yeah. <laughs> Listen, for for the most part, I don't really uh, I don't really see too many people that are very good in Australia at streaming. Um, it's kind of limited by people that want to do it and like having the availability of good internet to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was going to give any advice to any Australian streamers, it'd be don't be boring. Um, but I'm pretty boring when I'm playing video games, so yeah. I don't think I can really talk. I think my, my highlight for my Twitch streams is when I go out in public and just yell shit at people because I'm not very shy. Yeah, and do you think that's and and do you think that's an issue? Or do you think that's a big part of most Twitch streamers is that you're generally defined by kind of one thing? I mean, I chatted to, I've chatted to a lot of other ones, like, you know, Loser Fruit's one of the biggest streamers in Australia right now. And oh, she's funny. I love watching her. And some of the others and chatted to them, you know, in, in depth of, okay, what games do you pick and, and why do you pick what games to play? And, you know, a lot of the time they say you can either pick two things, right? You can be known for one thing, like League of Legends, Dota, or going out in public and yelling at people, or you can just attach yourself to whatever the latest title is and, you know, just ask Ubisoft to give you a code and play it from day dot. Do you find that's that's fairly true? Yeah, yeah. Uh, variety streamers, when they're just jumping between games, they keep it interesting, they keep it mixed up, but they've always got something new to show their audience. Um, but I find with... Um I find with people that try kind of span out from, you know, whatever game they've been playing for a couple of years. So example, I'm just going to use Dyrus as an example. Dyrus is one of the larger League of Legends streamers. Uh, when it, he'll, he'll get, he'll rack up, you know, tens of thousands of viewers while he's streaming League of Legends. But the second he touches any other game, he only gets 20% of whatever viewers he was getting playing League of Legends. Mm. 
Um, definitely mix it up. Keep it original. Don't don't stick to one game because um, in in the long in the long run that can really hurt you. And how do you find going back to you know chatting about Twitch versus YouTube and you're talking about making bank and that kind of stuff? How do you how do you define different income streams for yourself? Do you find that really hard to manage? Because this is what I talked to Brian about a little bit last week. You know, and, and it wasn't even too in depth, but it was the fact that if you have a job, right? Say you work at Bunnings, you rock up to Bunnings, you do your job. You know, whether it's easy or not, that's up to you to decide. And, um, and but at the end of it, you get a paycheck, right? But if you're doing mm. YouTube and Twitch, it's not, you're a freelancer. If you're a content creator, you know, if you're money, if you're getting demonetized videos or, or, you know, you're not making quite enough, you have to try to think of all of these different ways. And do you find that that's quite hard across YouTube and, and, and Twitch having to try to think about, okay, how can I make money? Do I approach companies? Do I waste my time doing that? Do I do Amazon? For smaller like content creators, it is very hard, especially with recent events on YouTube. For smaller content creators, it's very hard because if one video doesn't do as good as the other, it can mean the difference between you being able to pay rent and not being able to pay rent. Um, for me, uh, it's just like I'll, I'll, I'll upload uh, every week or every month. or I mean, I'm going to start trying to upload every month on YouTube. That way I can get that steady little bit of income from YouTube. Uh, I'll try keep that um, that same sub amount. So my my goal sub amount is like 400 at the end of every month. As long as I'm on 400 subs, I know that I'm happy with how much I'm going to get paid from Twitch, uh, regardless of how donations have been that month. And just 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 setting goals as well. Um, for me, I'm a very I'm a very big person, uh, very big minimalist. Is that right? I'm a minimalist, and for me, it's like all right, I've hit 400 subs this, this month. I'm going to take three days off streaming and then i'm gonna lose fucking 30 subs on twitch you know mm. yeah and that's uh, something that and that's something that i never really thought of before that maybe you can expand on a bit and i've seen some other youtubers i'm oh, sorry some other twitch streamers even as of today um tweeting about this the fact that your subs drop so quickly when you stop running content do you find that surprising as well? Do you find that surprising that you can not stream for, say, 48 hours and then lose, you know, 30 paying subs? Nah. Uh, for live streams, it's kind of like a TV program, man. People want to tune in at the exact same, same time every day to see what you're doing. And having that consistency is what helps you grow your audience larger and get your numbers larger. Um, but, but for me, like I said, it's like, oh, 400 subs, you know, I don't need to, like, you know, I can I can take a break from running around outside in public and you know screaming my name jeff uh but for other people like andy andy's recently got in the twitch game and andy's killing it Andy's like i just hit 1000 subs i'm like thanks man he's like all right, i'm going for 1200 i'm like oh, all right for me it's like 400 subs all right excellent i mean i'm gonna go i'm gonna go watch netflix for a few days and do my tax yeah and yeah. catch up on some on some other stuff because like yeah i i got i got other stuff that i'm doing with my life yeah, of course, right? And that's mm. and that's the whole thing and I guess I didn't even necessarily think to ask this, but vloggers as well and that's really another another thing. So would you call yourself almost a vlogger because you're doing these live content or would you think that that vlogging is still a different kettle of fish? Uh it's a different thing, but I mean they they're both fairly similar. I I I introduce people to my life and tell them what I want them to know. I don't tell them the full gist. Yeah, Some people tell their viewers a bit too much, but I, I like to keep it minimal. I like to keep a little friendly connection with whoever's watching. 
Yeah, of course, of course. Showing you, showing you a lovely slew of tattoos and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you know, putting putting, I guess, a business spin on what you said before about getting that four hundred subs and that base amount of income and you know, and base cash flow, you could say, is is very the same as a normal business that some people might necessarily think about. You know, taking into taking, for example, I've worked with a lot of car workshops in the past, and you know, them say servicing general Toyotas and, and Fords are what they use to then, you know, fund their Toyota 86 track car that they go off and, and drift and, and do time attacks and things in it. And it's, you know, it's very similar with Twitch. And that's one thing, I guess, is the reason why I made this kind of podcast is to not only just draw comparisons between, but just kind of bring bring forward things that people haven't thought about before. And, you know, you said yourself, you've done some studying, you've done some work, but you don't come from a business background, right? And do you find that that's a big hindrance for a lot of, of for yourself and for a lot of the other Twitch streamers as well? Because you're, you know, you're almost running a business. And like you said, your mate who flew over, um, Adam, over to the US, you know, he is running a business. But do you find mm. that that's a big issue that you guys run into because you're having to, you know, write sponsorship proposals or be accountable to, to businesses and sit down in meetings and negotiate contracts and things like that? Well, usually, I mean, I, that question just went over my head, but I'm just going to answer it the best I can. Uh, for people that are, um, you know, in YouTube and they don't have a very good business background and they're, they're fairly large size, they'll just they'll just get someone to do it all for them and give them a commission. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that, that actually does answer my question perfectly. Yeah. And yeah. Um, for, 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 for me though, like the reason I'm getting involved with all the business side of stuff and I am learning, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm fairly new to the whole thing, you know, fresh out of uni. I'm just trying my best to understand it all. I think in the future, if I'm, if I'm sick of, you know, making YouTube videos or, or streaming, not that I'm, I'm tired of it now, but in the future, I would like to go into a business background. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and what you said really highlights what I said. And it's, it's not even the fact that you're bad at business or you're stupid or whatever, but it's, it's a lot of the fact that you don't even want to do, or a lot of other content creators don't want to be a business person. They didn't sign up for that. And I, oh, maybe no. that's just the infancy of where the scene is at right now compared to compared to you know where it can be in the future and we're seeing that in esports as well with players having to sign contracts and you know a lot of league of legends guys are full-time like the avant guys and you know all top eight opl teams are all full-time in houses but they didn't sign up to be a business person you know you don't see an afl player or you don't see you know ronaldo going and signing his own contracts and going out and securing deals but yeah that's something that someone like you is, has had to kind of be forced into at the moment yeah uh, I'm 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 more than happy learning and adapting to to it. I um, I, I'm sorry, this question's going over my fucking head, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You you. I feel like people know if they they want to do it or not. So for a, a prime example of that is a lot of ex pro League of Legends players now go and do comment commentate. They commentate games now. Yeah. Um, because they, they didn't, they didn't like they they enjoyed the ride while it lasted with uh, playing playing professionally on that minimum wage, and now they do shout casting. Yeah, um, awesome. same, same with some old players; they now manage teams. So, uh, example, um, what's that Call of Duty guy that was in? What's it? Nade Shot. Nade Shot now has his yeah. own team when he when he branched off from his old one. Yeah, he runs right. and manages his own, own team. Yeah. Yeah, and I was showing. I was actually showing him as an example to someone like yesterday who's in business and has no idea of esports or gaming and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was like, look, here's this, here's this young dude that's you know probably the same age as, as you and I is, 
played some Call of Duty. He doesn't play anymore, but he has like 2 million subs and drives a nice car and unboxes stuff and vlogs his life and people love it, you know, and that's a real new, that's a real yeah. new thing. And would you say that, and, and this is a, this is a different question. So would you say that some people just think, all right, you've got, um, you know, yourself, you've got 200,000 followers on Twitter, um, you know, and you've got a certain amount of subscribers and get viewers. Do you find that the sponsorship then kind of lands itself in your lap? Some people like to think that, you know, oh, okay, all I got to do is get 100k subs, and then Nissan's going to start giving me GDRs and flying me around the world. Or is it, it definitely helps if you know how to reach out to them and does speed up the process. Um, for me, uh, for my the chair company that sponsors me, I it was it was me reaching out to them. That my first interaction with them was. I saw one of my friends got a chair from them and they just sent out someone they liked a chair. And I was like, yo, can I have one? They're like, sure. And then I got to know the guy that ran the whole gist. And I was like, are you guys doing sponsorships? And they're like, oh, we're not doing any yet. And I was like, well, you want to give it a go? And, uh, and they were like, how does it benefit us? So I'm like, I'll promote the chairs. Give me a vanity URL so you can see how much money I'm making you guys. And you can just you know, pay me a monthly income. And they're like, yeah, sure, we can do that. Yeah, sure. No, that sounds good. Mm. Yeah. It, it def, it, at some point, you will be approached, and it depends how you uh, how you reply to them. For, like, for me, I don't know how to write an email, professional email, to save my own life. So I have a friend that I hit up. I'm like, yo, can you write me out this email? And he's like, what do you want it to say? I'm like, make it sound like this, and he makes it sound professional for me. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and that goes mm. back to what you were saying before, right, about getting some kind of managers. and Just getting someone else to do it. Yeah, and we've seen some, mm. you know, there's been some companies in Australia that have started and some have already started and, and kind of, wouldn't use the word failed, but started and stopped, you know, doing management of, of Twitch streamers and YouTubers. But I guess it's, from my end, as someone who sponsors them, it's it's hard for a company to take a cut off the top, right? Because we're not talking about you getting $10,000 a month. You know, we're not talking about you getting even $10,000 a quarter necessarily from these guys. So it's harder for, you know, it's harder for these companies to justify employing staff and marketing and all this kind of stuff and management if they're barely making, you know, 100 bucks a month off these kind of people. So, and, you know, turning that question back to you, how, how long do you reckon it's going to be could you put a time on it until people such as yourself are at that stage where it's, you know, full time and, you know, you're, I guess you could almost say PewDiePie level where you have a whole team of people behind you doing things. Do you think that's a feasible thing in Australia in the next five years? Uh, yeah, uh, it depends, man. It depends how someone wants to go about running that channel. I know a couple of YouTubers that could be doing that right now, but they just, they just like doing it all themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It, 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 it boils down to the creator because it is their channel and, and it's they're the ones that have to decide what they want to do with it. And I know smaller channels with like 500,000 subs that have their own editor. He has someone that does all the business side of stuff for them. Rah, 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 rah. But then I have I have friends, you know, you know, four or five million subs that just do it all themselves. So there are there any speaking of that are there any smaller channels in Australia that you would suggest other people should go take a take a look at right now and they could be channels maybe that you've got friends in or channels that you're watching that are varying types of content are there any up and comers that because you know me being in the in the tech scene there's a few tech channels and we talked about that last week with Brian of guys that you know people have probably never heard of before but there's some channels out there with like 5000 subscribers struggling to make it that just have some brilliant content so do you know any like that around here any Australians? Ah, no, nah, I don't really keep track of that. No, I don't. I really don't know that many like small YouTubers in Australia. Yeah, what about international ones? Are there any guys that you're, you know, you, 
like it oh a I lot guess, of a lot of australian youtubers that have made money have moved out to la because it's more beneficial for them to live out in la for collaborations and stuff like that yeah and i guess you know maybe turning that question around then to make it something different who are the youtube channels that you watch are there any that you will sit down and take the time to subscribe to on youtube and twitch and actually engage with their content uh youtuber wise uh i follow a lot of smaller channels world of warcraft lore uh funny commentators so one of, one of my other uh, one of my favorite smaller youtubers is uh, youtubers is brad does banter i'm not sure how many subs he has but i just find his sense of humor very funny um yeah, right. I, I can't think of anyone underneath that bracket, though. Yeah, that's right. So I do have a question here as well that that I kind of wanted to get. You know, we're probably coming up three quarters way or more through the podcast. So did you say that we chat a little bit about controversy and things with Keemstar and things like that. So do you find that um, content creators such as yourself and, you know, you could say Keem or, or even the old Leafy Saga create drama within themselves or, or thrive on the controversy oh, and push it? Oh, fuck yeah definitely heaps of heaps of people do that 100 percent, 100 percent. i know that to be fact all right so do you think that do you think that's something that's going to become more common in the future no no because uh, as soon as people figure out it's fake it backfires on them pretty hard yeah well that was a pretty yeah. easy question to answer huh yeah it was yeah so we covered you know we covered some multiple facets of of different things that are going on if if someone was to, you know, want to follow you on your content and, and follow your journey and stuff, what are some of the what are some of the best ways that as a Twitch streamer, part time YouTuber, they could actually support you, you know, whether it be monetary or not? Uh just just watch my stream. Just give me some give me I like I like interaction. I like the feedback. The feedback definitely helps. Um but if you if you want to support me, just 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 watch my stuff. I don't. I don't know what else more to say to that question. Yeah, it's no, it's, it. it's 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 it's, uh, it's a mixed question depending who you are. For me, it's just like just watch. Um, a lot of people will like set donation goals and stuff like that, and I used to do that in the past. I don't really do it that much anymore. Yeah, and that's a lot of the point of us chatting together and me getting different people onto this podcast is to really delve into, and, and we've done that this time. I think of why people do what they do and who they are and how their content is shaped by what they are as a person. You know, and like you were saying, you're not so much looking at donation goals or trying to trying to buy a Ferrari every week. You just want to be able to pay the bills, yell some memes, and have a good time with your mates and make some collab videos. Would you find that that's a pretty accurate representation? Yeah, definitely. I'm just enjoying the ride while it lasts and having fun at the same time. And if it if it doesn't work out, I can I can always go get a job. <laughs> yeah, that sounds. About I, right. I I've de- I've, de- I've definitely opened up doors for myself in uh, in this industry where if uh, if I am having trouble with um with uh, supporting myself through Twitch or YouTube, I can always uh, you know land a job somewhere else within the within the business side of things. And I've had companies already approach me and offer me like uh, small jobs, but I've just never taken them. Yeah, and and going back to, you know, I'm sure that a lot of that stuff comes from your collabs and and you said that you're really big on trying to work with other content creators. Do you find that your recent trip to the US was kind of a, I guess you could say, career-defining move for you? Like, because, you know, you appeared in some other videos and we saw that that Sia has grown a lot since you were with him and, you know, since then you've started being on the baited podcast with with Andy and Keem and things like that. Do you find that was a big push for you to, to really reinvigorate yourself into the future? 
Uh, definitely meeting creators face to face does help with um, you know getting uh, getting in, opening up doors for doing content with other creators. I met a lot of bigger YouTubers that had no idea who I was just by association because they knew who Keem was. So Keem invited them over to have a drink. And I met them and like, uh, who are you? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm Chad. I do this. And like, oh, nice to meet you. Now they follow me on Twitter. Um, Adam 22, is it Adam 22? Adam 22, Adam 22, no jumpers. Wants me to come onto his podcast next time I'm out in LA and he runs a very large podcast. So, I mean, it, it's definitely opened up doors, me going over to uh, LA and it, it keeps me in association with other YouTubers and it keeps content fresh. Collab- co- collaborations with other people keeps content fresh. So if you're someone who's sitting at, you know, 500 to 5,000 subs, you're, you know, kind of maybe struggling a little bit to get a bit higher and you want to start chatting to some of these other people. What, are there any specific avenues for that? Do you find there's any YouTube meetups or Discord channels or, you know, coming to events like PAX or what's the best way for someone who's a little bit smaller to to help doing these collabs and stuff? If you're funny and you make original content and you can catch the attention of other content creators, that that's how it happens. Um, I've done things with small YouTubers, uh, whether it be podcasts or videos. I'm actually about to do one with the YouTuber with 500 su- uh, subs because I like his content. And I was like, and he come and I followed him on Twitter a while ago, and he tuned in my stream a few times, and he was like, hey, you want to come do some some voice work for this video that I'm making? It's like, and I'm like, yeah, sure, dude. And that way I can promote his videos just to say that I really like them, you know. Yeah, that's good. So speaking of you appearing on videos, what what would be your favorite or, or your couple of favorite overall? Because it's no, you know, it's... Uh, it's- my my, all, my all-time favorite was the one I did last month with Sia, the uh, the uh, annoying drug dealers and public skit. That was awesome. And do you find that, that you run into any issues with that when you guys are, like, carrying... Like, in public? Prop, like, are they, are they real guns you're carrying around in public or are they fake? No, no, nah, nah, they're, they're prop guns. I mean, we haven't run into any trouble yet, but I can see I can see why it would be a problem if we got pulled up in public for it. But um, besides, like, small, like, remarks from, like, people walking past or just weird looks, I haven't really had uh, much of a trouble, like, run in with doing dumb shit in public. So you haven't um, one of the- yell out, it's a prank, bro, yet, when you're getting beaten. Yeah, I haven't had to yell that while I'm getting beaten up, no. <laughs> um, the, the most recent event was uh, after my last IRL stream, I was on the phone to um, my housemate, and I was like, I was like to him, um, I was just talking to him about what happened on the stream because he was watching it, and he was like, oh, that's that's funny. I saw you were in the massage, and I was like, yeah, I was getting the foot massage, and I was like moaning and acting weird and stuff like that for the stream. And I mean, there was a lady in front of me, sitting in front of me on the train while I was talking on the train. She was, and she gets up at a stop. She goes, "No one wants to hear about your snide remarks about getting your feet rubbed and moaning sexually about it." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, no problem." She's like, "You should be ashamed of yourself." Jesus Christ! I'm like, "Go with Christ." Jeez, man. <laughs> yeah. She haven't been yeah. beat up. You've been berated by an old lady. As well, yeah, I haven't been beat up yet, but she was quite cranky about it. And I was like, I guess so. I was like, sorry. Like, I understand why she was probably cranky. I'm not calling her a bitch or anything, but. Yeah, so if someone wants to come and meet up with the chat himself, uh, where are you going to be next? You, you're usually at usually at things like RTX. Are you going to like GX Australia PAX or EB Expo? I, yeah, I'm going to be going to uh, EB Expo and PAX Australia. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a big nerd. I don't think people know that. I like going and playing video games, so that's why I go to the events. Yeah, and one question we always have to ask is, favorite video game of all time? Uh, I mean, this is a pretty fucking standard one, but uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is favorite. Actually, no, World of Warcraft is my favorite game of all time. Oh, really? 
Yeah, yeah, to this day, despite, like, I don't play it anymore, I love the lore aspect of World of Warcraft. Yeah, definitely nerding it out. So if someone wants to catch up with your content as well, where can they, where can they oh, see? Oh, we play Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash anything for views. I, I stream whenever. <laughs> you stream whenever. That sounds great. All right, Chad, thanks for uh, coming on episode number two of the podcast. Is there any any supporters, any sponsors, any special subs that you want to give a shout out to before we wrap it up? Uh, nah, shout outs to my mum and thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm sorry I, I was a bit bland, um, a bit boring, but it's one of those days. Just one of those days, mate. All right, Chad, thanks for coming on to the big podcast. Once again, for those of you listening, I'm your host, Chris May Smith. Thanks for joining us today and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to episode 002 of the Business in Games podcast. You can contact us at Business in Games on Twitter and Facebook, or you can chat about anything you heard today in the official Oceania Esports and Gaming Business Facebook group. If you want to follow Chad, aka Anything for Views, you can find him on Twitter at Anything for Views, and also on Twitch TV forward slash Anything for Views. As for myself, I'm your host, Chris May Smith. You can find me on Twitter at Smithy Mayo, on Instagram under the same handle, or even on Facebook as well. Thanks, and bye for now.